We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Hello and welcome to church. Hey, how have you been and how was your week? Well, you know what? The fact is, today's our Friendship Sunday, by the way. It's our friend. So the second Sunday of every month is our Friendship Sunday. And what is our Friendship Sunday? Well, during the Friendship Sunday, we invite our friends to each other. Apart from that, I always tell the church, well, this is where I get, tend to relax a little bit, and we just talk heart to heart, you know? And so that's, the, that's how the service goes, all right? So welcome to our Friendship Sunday. Now, listen, I know because of the um, lockdown, things can be tough, you know? Uh, and, and, and I want you to, and as a friend, I want you to pay particular attention to your spiritual development at this time. You know, the physical church is like your third wheel. It gives you kind of, gives you balance. You know how you, when you start riding a bicycle, you start with three wheels, a training wheel, and as you progress, gradually, you remove that training wheels. Now, for, for some people, the church is just that, a training wheel for them. And that physical training wheel has been removed. So that means that a lot of, a lot of, um, um, a lot of um, demand is placed on you, or responsibility is placed on you right now to ensure that you constantly invest in your spiritual development, okay? The church has never been about a building. Jesus said, I will build my church, and he wasn't talking about your physical building. He was talking about you and I. He says, I will build you. Jesus said, I will build you, my church, my bride, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Listen very carefully. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you and your home because you belong to Jesus. Okay, so I want to challenge you as a friend this Sunday to constantly invest in your spiritual development at this time, okay? The fact that we are not together does not mean that you are alone. You are not alone. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray for my friends today. I pray for my friends who have come all around the world to hear the gospel from this pulpit and from this platform. Lord, I ask, oh God, that you bless them. I bless every home in the name of Jesus. I cover every home with the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, even as your word comes, let it come with precision, accuracy, and with power. Let it mix with faith in the heart of your children. And let it produce a harvest, oh God, in the life of your children. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And you say, amen. Well, today I want to continue from where I left off last week. We're talking about how to deal with anxiety. Anxiety is a major problem. You've got to deal with it. Okay, anxiety can be, can be medical as well. Can be, uh, one of the root causes of, uh, of um, anxiety can be, it can be medical. Okay, but we'll talk about that. But if it's your first time of joining me in this series, I want to say welcome and thank you. And let me bring you up to speed, okay, as a good friend. All right, so last week, we started looking at the definition of anxiety. And I defined anxiety as a distress about future uncertainties. Distress about future uncertainties. It is characterized by mental agitation and uneasiness. That's anxiety. According to Mental Health UK, it says anxiety is a persistent feeling of worry. 
persistent feeling of fear and persistent feeling of nervousness. So they call that anxiety disorder. Listen, anxiety is, um, the feeling of anxiety is a reality. And as a Christian, you should know how to handle, or they rephrase that, as a Christian, God wants you to deal with anxiety. And we looked at what causes anxiety, all right? And we, and we described last week, we said anxiety has three main elements. And so when you see yourself experiencing these, these three elements, you want, to, you want to check in and take authority over that spirit. Number one is, is insecurity, right? It's a, it, um, it talks about a, a insecurity, hopelessness, and isolation. Three elements. These are the causes of anxiety. Insecurity, something bad is going to happen. Something bad is going to happen, all right? You have a dream, you have a vision, you have a plan, but at the back of your mind, you keep telling yourself something bad, or the devil keeps telling you something bad is about to happen. Your kids go to school, right? You think something bad is going to happen, okay? So the second thing is hopelessness. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. That is the lie of the devil. You are not alone, all right? And you are my friend. At least you've got me. Okay, you are not alone. And so I take authority over the spirit of helplessness in the name of Jesus. So that's feeling, that's a second element of anxiety. That is, there's nothing I can do. Oh my goodness, there's so much you can do. There's so much you can do. At least you can pray. And number three, isolation. There's no one to help me. And that's on that lie of the enemy, that there is no one to help you. And there are people out there who want to help you if you can just reach out. And so we described these three elements of anxiety last year. Now, my spiritual daughter, who is a psychologist, explained to us that the way the human mind works, I mean, as she, she said that we want, to put, we want to put issues in boxes. And the moment we encounter, an issue, we encounter an issue that cannot go into a box, we freak out. Okay, and so that's because we always want to have a sense of control, we want, to, we want to feel that we are in charge of our lives and you are in charge of your life. So we also described, well, we also asked ourselves one question, which is, does God want you to be anxious? And we, we, we learned from scripture that that's a categorically no. God does not want you to be anxious. God does not want you to be anxious. So in Philippians 4, 6, the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything. And I described to you last week that that's almost a command. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Why? God got your back. Do not be anxious about anything. Concerning your job, I tell you, do not be anxious about anything. Concerning COVID, do not be anxious about anything. Concerning your marriage, do not be anxious about anything. Concerning your children, do not be anxious about anything anything. God does not want you to be anxious. And I, also, and I also shared with you last week that anxiety is a limiting force. It stops a man in his track. And so there are so many people that God has called to be authors, entrepreneurs, business people, high-flying career professionals, but anxiety can just terminate that thing. You hear a voice in your head that tells you you are no good, and then all of a sudden, you don't, you, don't, you don't move forward. And there are so many people that have great ideas, great ideas, but there's something in their voice, there's something in their head that tells them, you know what, you're not good enough. And so anxiety 
is a limiting force. And we talked about that last week. And so we also went ahead to describe the few causes of anxiety. We said medical issues, fear of tomorrow, uh, fear of negative outcomes, um, previous experiences, negative, negative past experiences, are uh, one of few, few reasons for a few causes of anxiety. So today, I want to quickly share with you practical ways we can handle anxiety or practical ways I handle anxiety, okay? Because, listen, as a leader, as a visionary, you will, the devil will always, will always bring negative suggestions. There will always be negative imaginations. So, and so, and so dealing with anxiety for a leader is a, an ever, is a continuous thing, all right? As long as you have a dream, the devil will always attack your dream. The devil will always bring you negative imaginations about your dream, about your future. And so I deal with this every other day. So how do I deal with it? Number one, plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Anxiety is a negative force, and only the blood of Jesus can terminate it. Plead the blood of Jesus. Plead the blood of Jesus. Now, anxiety is a spirit. It's a spirit of infirmity. Listen very carefully. In Luke 13, verse 10, Luke 13, verse 10, the Bible says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman who was there who has been crippled by a spirit for 18 years, all we saw is a woman bent over. She could have gone to the doctor, and they, would have, could have, they could have told her, hey, you've got something, you've got, you've got this medical condition, you've got that medical condition, you've got this medical challenge, that's why your spinal cord is this, that's why your knees are that, you know. But the Bible says, physically, she was bent over. But look at what the Bible says. The Bible did not tell us what the doctor said. The Bible says that she was crippled by a spirit. For 18 years, she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Listen, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. I say, dear son, dear daughter, you are free from your infirmity. You are free from anxiety in the name of Jesus. That household is free from anxiety in the name of Jesus. Plead the blood of Jesus. Again, we see in Luke chapter 4, verse 38, the Bible says Jesus, is left, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. Interesting, this time around, they described her condition. And they asked Jesus to help her. She was suffering from fever. They did not, I, I mean, I have nothing against medical science. I, you know, everything comes from God. But listen, whatever you see spiritually, physically has a root in the realm of the spirit. And so you must learn to deal with issues, both physically and spiritually, to have a good time on earth. And so you see here, the Bible says that she, she was suffering from a high fever. And they asked Jesus to help her. I pray in the name of Jesus that he comes to your help today. Come to the help of your household. Come to the help of that marriage. 
Come to the help of that finances. Come to the help of that child. You, that child that is giving you concern right now, I pray that Jesus will come to the help of that child in the mighty name of Jesus. And so he bent over her and he rebuked the fever. He rebuked the fever and it left her. I rebuke every form of anxiety and worry in your life in the name of Jesus. I don't care what they have called it. I don't care what label they have given to it. I don't care what they have named it. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says she got up at once and began to wait on them and began to wait on them. She had the ministry of hospitality in her. She had the ministry of hospitality in her. But that fever, that fever gripped her so much, it almost robbed her of her destiny. I command every form of limitation in your life to be broken today in the mighty name of Jesus. Every source of worry, every source of concern, every source of anxiety, every form of infirmity, let it be destroyed today in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And so always learn to plead the blood of Jesus. This is your spiritual weapon. The fact that you are here right now, listen to me this Sunday morning, tells me you believe in the supernatural. Tells me that you are spiritual enough. Now, so don't stop there. Don't be a lazy believer. Learn to use the tools of the Spirit to your advantage. Learn to, learn to deploy the blood of Jesus. Now, the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. How do you deal with anxiety? Number one, plead the blood of Jesus. It is free. I'm not saying don't go see the doctors. I'm saying after you've, done, after you've gone to see the doctors, plead the blood of Jesus. Because for all you care, you are fighting a spiritual battle. You cannot deal with a spiritual problem with a natural solution. You cannot deal with, you cannot deal with a spiritual problem with a natural solution. So plead the blood of Jesus. It says, and so they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Praise the Lord. So you overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb. So I plead the blood of Jesus. I cover myself with the blood of Jesus. I cover you with the blood of Jesus. And I cover your household with the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. How do we deal with anxiety? Number one, plead the blood of Jesus. Number two, imagine positive outcomes. Imagine positive outcomes. Philippians 4, 8. And you must, I practice this all the time. I have found myself in a few pickles in my lifetime. Imagine, imagine positive outcomes. Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatsoever is true, not negative, whatsoever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Oh. Lovely. It's lovely to see my life without anxiety. It's lovely to imagine a life without anxiety. It's lovely to stand and speak to the world through this medium confidently. It's lovely. You can imagine that. 
Listen, imagine positive out outcomes. It says, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. <laughs> I remember many years ago, 1997 precise, uh, just coming from Cyprus to join my wife, um, to join my wife, and um, we were living in a room in a house. We're sharing one bathroom and toilet with eight other families, yeah, in, in England, not, not, not um, where I come from. So I used to tell my wife every day, well, I don't worry. Very soon, we'll be out of here. Very soon, we'll be living in a five-bedroom house. Very soon, we'll be, living in a posh, we'll be living in a posh part of town. I was a traffic warden, and I used to tell her, very soon, I'm going to be working in the Fortune 500 company. Very soon, I'm going to be hanging around, whining at, at the dining with, um, um, and hobnobbing with, with, um, with uh, captains of industry. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I, every evening we would go out, I would keep telling her the same thing over and over and over again. Very soon, I'm going to be a big boy in the city. Imagine positive outcome. Don't sit there and tell yourself, hey, I'm going to die. What is that? What is that? The devil wants you dead. And then, so what's with the negative confession? Imagine positive outcome. The same time it takes you to tell yourself I'm going to die, the same time it will take for you to tell yourself, I'm going to make it. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to beat anxiety. I'm going to beat worry. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Imagine positive outcome. And that testimony I want to share with you, this was in a 2006. Wow. You know, our church has just moved into um, a brand new facility and we didn't have money for it. So, I remember I, I came into the building. I came into the building. It was dilapidated. The roof was off. was leaking. I didn't know what to do. And every day, every day, <laughs> listen to this, and you should practice this. So, I went and bought myself a brand new notepad. And I started designing the building. Every time I'm bored, I was at work. Every time I'm bored, I would bring up my, my sketch pad. I started designing. I would design the altar. I would design the um, kitchen area. I designed a cafe. I designed the children area. I designed. I was just designing things. I was just, I was just drawing. I was imagining. Imagine. Imagine a hall. Imagine we have a 300-seater hall. This was in 2006. Imagine the cafe in this area. Imagine this. Imagine that. You know, when I'm done, I'll say, thank you, Jesus. You know, rip it off, chair, throw it to the bin. Ten minutes later, bring it out again, start sketching. I was like, I said, I was insane. But listen, this is a spiritual principle. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think, 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 think about such things. Don't waste your imagination. Pastor, how do I beat anxiety? Imagine positive outcome. See yourself give that presentation with confidence. See people applaud you for what for that speech. See men shake your hand and tell you congratulations. Imagine positive outcome. Oh, I'll tell you one more testimony. Oh, my goodness. You know, I was at once upon a time, I used to be a traffic warden. 
So, and um, on my way to work, I was working in Chelsea. I had to walk past number one embank embankment place, beautiful offices of, um, of uh, a top consulting company. And so I, I used to imagine myself working in that building. This was, total, this was 1997, 1997. I used to imagine myself working in that building. So every day, every day on my way to work, I will walk into that building and then walk out. Every day, I will walk into that building, get to the lift, say hello to the security guy, and walk away. Every day. And I, in fact, the security guy used to, I just, I think he used to just expect me to come in. Clockwork. Is that at the same time? I was just fucking hello. And the guy would have been imagining, the guy would have been thinking, man, I feel sorry for this guy. You know, he must be losing it. I was practicing the power of imagination. And I did that. But guess what? That was in, that was in 1997. By 2001, by 2001, about four years after, exactly, I was in that same building. This time, I wasn't dressed as a traffic warden. I was dressed fully clothed in a beautiful brand new suit to meet with a senior partner in that firm. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things because your God will make it happen. So to deal with this, to deal with anxiety, you need to, you need to stop imagining negative outcomes. Replace your negative imagination with your own film. Produce a film of yourself, direct it, and then be the main actor. And then believe God that God will make it happen. Use the power of visualization. It works. And then before you think this is one of those new age things, let's look, let's look at scriptures. Genesis 15, verse 15. The Bible says, Genesis 15, verse 15. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offsprings forever. Not the land that you complain about. All the land that you see. And my question to you is, what do you see? What do you see? Do you see negativity? Do you see death? Do you see death? What do you see? Do you see stagnation? I tell you what I see. I tell you what I see. I see progress. I see you progress. And I see you do well. I see your future colorful. I see your children live in peace. I see your children live in great health. I see you comfortable. I see you prosper. I see you have savings. I see you buy your first investment property. I see you buy change your home. I see you get a new car. I see you progress. I see you happy. I see you married to the man of your choice. I see you married to the woman of your choice and the woman of your dream. I see you. I see you live calm. I see you. I see joy emanate from you. The Bible says that a shout of joy shall never depart from your household. I see you full of joy. I see men come to the brightness of your rising. I see. I see you as a solution provider. I see you a blessing to many generations. That's what I see of you. What do you see of yourself? What do you see of yourself? The Bible says, all the land that you see, I am committed to giving you. Don't waste it. Your imagination is powerful. Your imagination is powerful. I remember in 1997, by the way, I'm only 50, 54 years old. I'm not that old, okay? So, but I've, but I've, I've, but I've been there, done that, got the stripes. <laughs> so, I remember in 1997, all right, the Lord asked my family to move to, move to England. 
And the people came and told me all manner of negative things about United Kingdom. Oh, it's very cold. Oh, people are not friendly. Oh, there are no good jobs there. Oh, this, oh, that, oh, that. You know what I did? I ignored all of them. I decided to use the power of my imagination. And I told them, I said, listen, it may not be good for you, but listen, this is the country God has asked me to move into. It's going to be well with me. It's going to be a prosperous country. I'm going, to, I'm going to prosper here. Listen, many will come. God, my destiny helpers are here. The Lord will prosper me here. It says, wherever the source of my feet shall tread upon, that I will possess. I know. And I just kept confessing, and I kept sort of believing, and I just kept, you know, imagining, imagining great things. And guess what? Within a year, we encountered breakthrough. All right? So, always use the power of imagination. Proverbs 23 says in verse 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever you think in your heart, so are you. What do you think? Who are you? You know, sometimes psychologists usually say that the, the mind cannot tell, the, tell what's real and what's not real. So, what do you see? What do you see? So, what you predominantly think about can become your reality. So use that imagination. Use it very well. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 says, Matthew 5, 27, you have heard that it, is, it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery. Anyone who looks, anyone who looks has already committed. So God is interested in your imagination. God is interested in your imagination. God is, in, God is interested in what you see, not what you execute. God is interested in what you see, not what you execute. So what you do in your imagination is, a, is very real to God. So be careful. Number three, or number four, pray. Pray. Pastor, how do I deal with anxiety? Bleed the blood of Jesus. Bleed the blood of Jesus. Use your imagination. And then pray. Pray. Matthew 7, 7. Say, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Are you afraid? Do you feel a sense of hopelessness? Pray. Pray. For anyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. The door of hope, the door of breakthrough will be open to you. So you pray. In dealing with anxiety, we cannot overlook prayer. Make sure you pray. You make sure you pray. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Oh, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Lord, deal with this anxiety, deal with this issue, deal with this concern in the name of Jesus. Look for scriptural references. Don't just pray words. Look for scriptural references to support your asking, to support your seeking, to support your knocking, and then you pray, you pray, you pray. Ask God to terminate all form of anxiety in your life. And so I also pray for you that in the name of Jesus, having been covered by the blood of Jesus, may God terminate every form of anxiety in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 says the same. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. How do I deal with anxiety? My brother and my sister, you simply pray. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all anxieties on him because he cares on you. We cast our anxieties on Jesus. You do not pray, cast your anxieties on Jesus, and then you get up, collect it back, and walk away. No, you leave it on the cross. You leave it with Jesus. So cast your, cast your prayer, cast your, your, your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. And the next one is learn to pray in the spirit. Learn to pray in the spirit as in pray in tongues. Jude 20. It says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost. Listen, you cannot pray in the spirit and be fearful at the same time. Every time, I'm, every time I am afraid or every time I feel, um, I, I feel anxious, what do I do? I just break out in tongues. In the name of Jesus. Learn to pray. It's a weapon of the spirit. Learn to pray in tongues. If you, are, if you are praying, if you are preparing for an interview and the devil is telling you, oh, you've already failed. Have you been there before? I've been there before. I mean, I have not even attended the interview and Satan is telling me I have failed. Goodness, can you believe that? You break out in tongues and start praying the spirit. It says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost, Learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. When you, pray in the, when you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit takes over that prayer and prays on your behalf. So you learn to pray in the Spirit. Okay? And lastly, you learn to speak the Word of God. Learn to speak the Word of God. The Word of God is quick. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is sharp. Hebrews 4.12 For the Word of God is alive and active. Learn to speak the word of God and not your circumstance. Learn to speak the word of God and not your situation. Sometimes, when it comes to the issue of health, you have more knowledge about that issue than the doctors. If your doctor says one, you say, you say two, you say three, you say four. You tell your doctor, yes, in fact, I googled it. Why do you know so much about infirmity? Learn to go into the word of God and saturate your mind with the word of God. All right? For the word of God is alive and active. It says the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. Do you believe that? Sharper than your knife. Every time I pick a knife from my kitchen table and I look at it, I tell myself, the word of God is sharper than this. Every time I pick and look at any sharp instrument, I tell myself, the word of God is sharper than this. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit. Your knife can't do that. But the word of God can. And so you learn to speak the word of God. You learn to speak the word of God. My spiritual father told me many years ago, he said a closed lips is a closed destiny. He said, son, learn to speak up the word of God concerning your destiny. And you must do the same thing. You must do the same thing. It means the word of God works and it works quickly. And it is powerful. It also hits the target every time. So how does this work? Where is the situation? What does the Bible say about this situation? 
pray based on what the Bible says about the situation and release your faith and believe God. The Bible says it is quick, it is sharp, and it hits its target all the time. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's one powerful scripture you can use to pray against anxiety. I can do all things. I am going for this interview. I'm nervous. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Timothy 1 says, For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I have a sound, sound mind. I, have, do not, I do not have the spirit of fear. I refuse to be intimidated, but I have power. I have power in the Holy Ghost. I have power in the Holy Spirit, and God is with me. His name is Emmanuel. I refuse to be intimidated. Man, you must learn to speak up. You must learn to speak up, or the spirit of anxiety can terminate you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So learn to speak up. Learn to speak up. You know, listen, anxiety or any problem is like anything in life. It's like a giant. Just like any giant, just like, just like anything in life, as a Christian, you must learn to take down your giants. Today I pray for you that whatever represents giants in your life today, I pray that the Lord eliminates it in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that this is the end of anxiety in your mighty name, in the, name, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray God, that God Almighty will bless you. I pray God Almighty will deliver you. He will free you. There are so many things that God has led in your spirit man to do, but because of anxiety and fear and worry, you have, you've been limited. I break that limitation today in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that he that the Son of God has set free is free indeed. I decree your liberty in the mighty name of Jesus. I see you prosper. I see you flourish. I see a new you this spring in the mighty name of Jesus. You are blessed in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hey, and listen, if you ever come around the, anywhere around Kent area or southeast London or, you know, just pop into 10 Kenneth Road, come, come and see me. Send me a message me and say, oh, Pastor, I would love to have coffee with you and I would love to have coffee with you and I would love to hear your testimony. You are blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Tomorrow, Monday, don't miss our family time. Tuesday, don't miss our lunch time. Wednesday, don't miss my prayer time. And on Friday, it's our online service. Do not miss it. Do not, you are not alone. The Lord is with you and you have a great community of people behind you. And, and most importantly, you got me as your friend. Praise the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. Well, it's offering time, blessing time. What a great opportunity we have today to give. The Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I'm a giver. And so I want to encourage you to give. I want to encourage you to give a tithe today in the name of Jesus. Now, details will be on the screen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all those who are giving right now. Father, I decree that where they are today will be the least they will ever be. They will go from strength to strength as they appear before you in Zion, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, even as they give today, Father, I ask, oh God, for open heaven. I ask, oh God, that you, that this seed yields a harvest. Tie their hands, oh God, to the covenant of prosperity, peace, and progress 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I decree that by this seed, they will come into a great restoration. Nothing will be missing in their lives, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Remember their offerings, Father. Remember their sacrifices, even at this time, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, just before we go, I don't know if this is your first time of, of, of being on this um, uh, service today, but I want to give you an invitation. If you, are, if you are watching me right now and you are not a Christian and you have never made any public declaration of Christ and for Christ, I want to lead you today. I want to lead you in a prayer today. Now, listen, the fact that you are born in a garage does not make you a car. So the fact that you have so many Christian friends and probably even go to church does not make you a Christian. Have you ever declared Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Allow me to do that with you today. And let me pray with you. And pray this prayer along with me. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that I cannot help myself. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come and be my Lord and my Savior. I cannot live life on my own terms. Come and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that right now that you have resurrected and you are seated on the right-hand side of the Father, constantly interceding for me as a sinner. Lord Jesus, be the Lord of my life. In your name I pray today. Amen. Listen, if it's your first time ever of praying this prayer, I want you to message me. Get hold of me on Instagram and my details will be on the screen. You have a wonderful day. The Lord bless you. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.